Welcome back to the 2AM Book Review Club, where we stay up late talking about books or talk about books that made us stay up late. This week, as it is the last week in February, we are wrapping up our romance book extravaganza with a contemporary romance, Recipe for Persuasion by Sonali Dev. This is the second book in Sonali Dev's Jane Austen-inspired romance series, and Recipe for Persuasion is, obviously, inspired by Jane Austen's book, Persuasion. Like the original book, Recipe for Persuasion is a second chance romance, and in this case, the romance occurs between Ashna, the owner of a fine dining Indian restaurant in the Bay Area called Curry Dreams, and Rico, a star soccer player from Britain, where I believe they call soccer football, who are brought back together after 12 years of estrangement on a Food Network reality TV show called Cooking with the Stars. As you may or actually may not know because I don't talk about classics in general on this podcast, but... I love Jane Austen. She is one of my favorite authors of all time, and my favorite Jane Austen book is Persuasion. And probably because I love Persuasion so much, my absolute favorite romance trope of all time forever and always is second chance romances, though if I'm being super honest, I've never found one that measured up to persuasion, but then again, it is a pretty high bar. Basically, what I'm trying to say here is that, at least conceptually, Recipe for Persuasion is basically my ideal romance book in every way imaginable, which means that I am truly, truly so excited to talk about it with you guys today. Right off the bat, I think what I have to emphasize is what I loved most about this book, Recipe for Persuasion, which was its characters. The major characters in this book, our protagonist Ashna, her parents, her love interest, her aunt, these characters are all incredibly complex. They all have their own motivations and desires, which often conflict and lead to situations that are incredibly difficult for all of the people involved. The people in this book hurt each other over and over and over again, but 
it's also hard to say that it's really anyone's fault, which is hard to read sometimes, but it feels so true to life. And what's so difficult when it comes to navigating relationships where there are inherently going to be conflicts is that you have to have compromise and understanding, which are so difficult to reach in emotionally charged situations. Like in real life, in this book, there are no magical or easy solutions to fix the relationships between these characters. And even with the best intentions, they often end up causing each other so much heartbreak. There are issues that these characters have to work through together and also issues that they have to work out on their own. And while, of course, there is a happy ever after because this is a romance, it's a very hard one happy ever after that takes almost every single page of this book for the characters to earn. And I don't use that word earn lightly. You really, really feel the emotional work that these characters have to do in order to reach that final incredibly touching but still bittersweet chapter where everyone is happy and fulfilled and trying to put the past behind them. But at the same time, you sense that they're never truly going to be able to do that because that's just not how life works. This emotional weight, the emotional complexities and nuances of these characters and their relationships with each other are, of course, most evident in the romance between Ashna and Rico. Second chance romances, as I've mentioned multiple times, are my favorite romance subgenre, and there are basically two kinds, two broad kinds of second chance romances. One kind of second chance romance is where the couple breaks up because one of them committed an act of betrayal, real or imagined, and the second chance part involves a lot of apologies and angst and delayed communication as they get back together. I won't lie, this kind of second chance romance is very often toxic and drama-filled and often pairs two people who clearly should not have gotten together in the first place and shouldn't be getting back together now, but because I am a drama connoisseur, at least in fiction, I eat up toxic, angsty romances that in no way, shape, or form should ever, ever, ever mirror real life. It is what it is, and like many romance readers, I am completely 
unapologetic about the kinds of romances I like to read. The other kind of second chance romance is where there is no betrayal. The couple just originally broke up because they could no longer be together at that point in time in that particular context. In this type of second chance romance, it's not a matter of apologizing and communicating. It's a matter of growing and changing and recognizing that the other person has also grown and changed. This type of second chance romance is much, much, much less common because frankly, it's a lot harder to write. But when it's well done, as it is in this book, Recipe for Persuasion, it is absolutely wrenching and heartbreaking. And just everything that I love about second chance romances. There is so much exploration in this book about the ways in which Ashna and Rico were affected by their childhoods, how they helped each other, and how they were eventually and maybe inevitably driven apart by the difficult circumstances that they were trying to navigate at that point in time. Twelve years later, when they meet again, they still have so much to work through, but they're only able to get back together because their worldviews have changed. They've emotionally matured. They're not teenagers anymore. And they're able to look back and understand from a different perspective who they were back then and the ways in which they unintentionally hurt each other. The romance in this book is so focused on the emotional development between these two characters and I loved how their relationship developed over the course of the book as they really got in touch with their emotions towards each other and also towards themselves and rebuilt their relationship from the ground up. This is definitely the most emotional and emotionally turbulent romance out of the four books that we have discussed in this romance extravaganza miniseries. And I really, really enjoyed the emotional journey that the characters in this book took me on. Speaking of characters and their emotional journeys, Recipe for Persuasion is one of the first contemporary romances in a very, very long time to surprise me. In the second chapter of this book, so almost at the very beginning, we get introduced to Ashna's difficult and painful relationship with her mother, Shoban. Oh, by the way, um, apologies if I make any pronunciation errors. Ashna's mother, Shoban, was largely absent when Ashna was growing up, and this has created 
a lot of resentment, understandably, between them. Choban is a highly successful philanthropist who crusades for women's rights in India, while Ashna was raised in California in the United States by her father, her aunt, and her uncle. Ashna's mother, at least from Ashna's perspective, always prioritized the things that she had to do, the commitments she had made, important meetings, important organizations, important causes. She always prioritized those things. And so Ashna always ended up feeling like those things were more important than Shoban being present for Ashna's milestones and just Ashna's childhood in general. And so at the beginning of the book, when Shoban starts reaching out and trying to rebuild their relationship, Ashna is defensive, upset, and just not very open to the idea. Again, understandably so. Now, difficult familial relationships are not uncommon in romance at all. In fact, I would say that difficult or estranged relationships with family members are some of the most common things that you find in romance books. But what is uncommon is for the estranged parent to get chapters from their own perspective and for that estranged parent to then navigate their own emotional journey throughout the book. Ashna's mother is a major character in this book. We learn about her past, her pain, and why she made the choices that she did. The development of the relationship between Ashna and her mother is just as much a focus of the book as Ashna's relationship with Rico. And I think that this narrative choice adds a lot of depth to Ashna's character because she so clearly has a life and relationships outside of her romance. And I think it also adds a lot of depth to the story as a whole. Familial side characters in general tend to annoy me in romance books because most family members are one note and boring and only really there to add comic relief that often falls flat. But in Recipe for Persuasion, the focus on Ashna's family really enriches the story and increases the emotional impact for the reader. Ashna and her mother do eventually find their way back to each other, but like the romance, it's a very earned relationship, an extremely touching and deeply saddening emotional arc that spans the entire book. And it's so impressive to me that the author is able to pull this off 
because when you're first reading about this estranged relationship at the beginning of the book and the ways in which Ashna thinks about her mother and the interactions that she has with her, you really don't think that there's any way to come back from it. But there is. And it's just amazing, impressive, just so emotional and touching and again, earned. However, I will say that the inclusion of her mother's story does mean that there are some extremely triggering topics and scenes in this book. So if you do decide to read it, I would absolutely suggest looking up trigger warnings before you do so. The major trigger warnings I can think of at the moment are domestic violence, domestic abuse, and sexual assault. But there may be other trigger warnings that I'm forgetting. So please, please, please be sure that you are in the headspace to deal with these topics before you pick up this book. Aside from the characters and their emotional journeys, I also thought the themes in this book were really interesting. We have themes of trust and forgiveness, obviously. This is a second chance romance. But we also have themes of legacy and how different people choose to navigate the emotional minefield of inheriting skills and talents from their parents. Also, given that this romance occurs between characters of Indian and Brazilian descent, respectively, there are also cultural ideas and discussions included as well, which I thought were incredibly interesting and folded into the story very organically. Finally, I really like the setting. I thought the reality show idea Cooking with the Stars sounded like fun, fun to watch and fun to participate in. And as someone who has watched a lot of Food Network in the past, mostly against my will, it felt very on brand for a Food Network show. Specifically, I was seeing a whole lot of parallels to the show Chopped. But if I'm being super honest here, I have never once heard of a Food Network segment going viral. Like, I don't even see people talking about Food Network shows on the internet in general. But, you know, I guess that's just artistic license. I will say I thought the reality show would add more stakes to the story, but at the end of the day, the show was mostly just a vehicle to bring the characters together. I didn't mind personally because I wasn't really here for the reality show aspect, but I can definitely see how that might be a bit of a letdown for some people. What was, however, kind of a letdown for me personally and the only real issue I had with this book is that I didn't I didn't really feel the chemistry between the characters. This is a very 
very slow burn romance. They don't even kiss until past the 60% mark, if I'm remembering correctly. And while I adore, adore a good slow burn romance, in this particular case, the tension hadn't built up to the point of feeling fulfilling or satisfying when they finally kissed, got together, emitted their feelings. I guess it didn't really help that once they finally did kiss, it was pretty much smooth sailing from there. While I tend to prefer further build up after that first kiss, I loved their emotional journey, but the journey to that one open door scene, if you catch my drift, was just not as satisfying and if you're looking for an intense, electric, steamy romance, then this is definitely not going to be the book for you. Overall, Recipe for Persuasion is a deeply emotional, deeply touching, second chance romance loosely based on Jane Austen's iconic, amazing, incredible book, Persuasion, which if you've never read it, you should go read it right now. <laughs> I would recommend Recipe for Persuasion to people who are looking for a heartwarming, heartbreaking, multicultural, multi-generational book that explores issues of family, society, culture, love, and trust, and of course, features plenty of food. If you like low steam romances with plenty of depth and plenty of tears, then I would highly recommend picking up Recipe for Persuasion. Again, it does contain discussion of heavy topics, so please, please check the trigger warnings before picking it up. I would definitely recommend this book to fans of Emily Henry and Abby Jimenez, though it is much less steamy than Emily Henry and maybe a little, a little less gut-wrenching than Abby Jimenez. Abby Jimenez loves her third act breakups and this book does not, does not have that, which by the way could be a plus. If you hate third act breakups, then Recipe for Persuasion definitely does not have that. Also, this book, Recipe for Persuasion, is the second book in a four-book series, and all of the books are inspired by Jane Austen's works. I have not read any of the other books in this series, and I still had no problem at all getting into it. I didn't feel like I was missing out on any information. So it is perfectly possible to just jump right into this book, Recipe for Persuasion. However, the other titles are super cute. We have Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors, Incense and Sensibility, and The Emma Project. And since I really, really enjoyed Recipe for Persuasion, and I really love Jane Austen, I would definitely be open to picking up the books in this series. Picking up the other books in this series. 
But like I said, this is a standalone, so it's definitely not necessary to do so. Finally, we need to decide, is this a staying up until 2am book? While Recipe for Persuasion is fast-paced and well-plotted with plenty of layers and multiple points of view to keep your interest, I would say that it's not really a staying up until 2am book just because it's so low stakes. Again, I really enjoyed it, but it's not a book I felt compelled to stay up late to finish. So no, I would not say that this is a staying up until 2am book. All right, that's going to be everything for this episode. And this is the final episode of our romance novel extravaganza with which we celebrated the month of all things love. I managed to cover three of my favorite romance subgenres, historical, contemporary, and fantasy, and I even worked in a second chance romance. So I personally am happy with how our miniseries turned out. I will, of course, be back soon with our miniseries for March, which I am super, super excited about. Details coming soon. So keep an eye on the podcast feed. But for now, I'm going to sign off so that you guys can go pick up a romance before the month of all things love is finally over. And hopefully I've convinced you to give at least one of the books I've talked about in this mini-series a shot. This has been the 2AM Book Review Club. Thanks so much for joining me, and I'll be back next week at 2AM. Until then, have a great week, and happy book travels. (laughs) 